call me, Lord. Sometimes we have to make our own way, right? I have to run to it. I have to go to it. And if I'm not getting it, if it's not happening, I have to continue to run. I have to continue to go, right? If I want to be a soul on fire, I have to run to it. I have to go and say, Lord, I'm going to run this race. I'm going to take something that, 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 that maybe is not and go after it. Right? It's just like if you're starting a business, if you're um, looking to make a movement start, whatever it is, you have to run after it. Everything that doesn't, doesn't be handed to us, right? There might be uh, a spark that is in there, this spark that is um, wanting to burn or a smoldering little fire, right? It's smoking a little bit. You know it's there, right? Uh, the ca- it's percolating within you. But it's not on fire yet. It's not those burning coals. And so what are you going to do, right? When you want those burning coals, what do you have to do? You have to blow on it. You have to stoke it. You have to do something, right? You can't just sit there and be like, hey, I'm going to watch. I'm going to sit there and I'm gonna look at that for a little bit and be like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, maybe uh, one day this is going to uh, turn into a fire. No, because it's just going to get smothered. There has to be something that is going to go on. So, I thought, you know, I, I, one of my favorite songs, um, like I have so many, so that doesn't even really mean much, right? But Lord, I do want to be a soul on fire. I don't want to go out. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to just be going by, you know, going along to get along. I don't want to just go through my life and be like, oh, yeah, right? I want to be able to hear his voice. I want to be able to guide and direct me and take me into something. What is it that you have for me? And, you know, I want to pray that for you as well, that you would desire more for your life because I know, and I don't mean more for your life, like that you're, you know, necessarily getting out there. I, you know, I, sometimes I think like Billy Graham or something. I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Right. But I can be a soul on fire as I am nurturing my children as I'm bringing them up, as I'm taking them to place to place and I'm showing them uh, what it means to be an adult, how to interact with other people, how to share Christ, how to be ready with my testimony, how to always have a word and season, right? That's a soul on fire so that at any moment, right, one of those sparks can fly, boom, just like that right? God can come and he can say, you know what? Oh, you're ready? Great. And he, and and as he's divinely moving around all of the pieces on the board and trying to get someone in order to cross my path, that when it's ready, when the time is right, that all of a sudden, boom, right in the middle of it, that spark flies because I'm already on fire, right? I'm not like still wimping out in, 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 in a corner somewhere. And so I just, I hope that somewhere within where you're at, if you're not feeling like a soul on fire, go after it. Be in the word. Read the word. Put on your music. Get your jam on. If you you like to do art, you know, get your art on. 
um, playing chess, whatever it is, you know, I was going to say playing chess, right? Because I love playing chess. And chess gets me fired up, you know, and I go and it gets my mind working. And, and as my mind starts working, I start thinking about things. And then maybe I'll go into the word and then I put on some classical music and I get to listen to it. And then all of a sudden, all of these things are swirling and I fall on my knees before the Lord and I say, Lord, show me. Whatever that is for you, I mean, it's different for each person. So I can't tell you, right, this is my formula and, and, and that means it's going to work for you because that's not the case, right? Just don't be a bump on the log. Go for it, man. So I went and bought this cute little jacket. Um, super cute. Well, at least I think it's super cute. But I don't usually buy cute things for myself. And I spent like 80 bucks on the jacket, which I also never do. But my kids are all getting older now. You know, my youngest is like 15 and stuff. And they got jobs and buy their own things. And I'm like, wow, I have some money. I did feel a little guilty about getting myself this little cute jacket. Um, but in the end, you know, I was, with, I was with my girls. And they were like, mom, just do it. Do it. So... Now I'm thinking to myself, oh, I better buy another cute jacket because if I just wear this one everywhere, it's going to get ruined. Anyone else hear what I'm saying? <laughs> um, anyway, I know, right? Clothes, fashion, really not my thing. Like I said, I'm lucky if I have one pair of shoes uh, most of the time and, uh, you know, like for each season, definitely not for each outfit. But I was super proud of myself for going ahead and buying myself something super cute. Um, so there are only two things that I want to try and talk about today. And, um, those two things, you know, hopefully we can just run right through them really quick. One, uh, the election season, coronavirus, and then also within that, like this new generation of, uh, kids that is coming up, I would say like the 20 somethings, right. Um, and younger, uh, well, I would say maybe like eight, these kids are like 18 to like 24, 25, that age group right there. They're really going to concern me a lot. You know, I'm looking and I'll, I'll start with them and then we'll do election and election and Corona. So these are things that are bothering me right now. Um, but I don't think, I mean, they won't take care of us. They, they literally won't. I've been looking at, and I'm going to talk more specifically um, about this age group because as I'm listening to them talk, for the most part, I mean, again, my kids, they're like 16 to 20, well, 15 to 21. I'm super conservative. I don't know. So far, they all seem to be working out okay, but you never know, right? It's after college when you really got to uh, see what's hap- see what happens. Um, my one who's going to a super liberal college, uh, her ideology is remaining strong. couple things here and there that, you know, creep in, um, that I think she probably should, you know, put in check. But for the most part, it's almost like the more liberal these people are, the more she pushes back on it and, and is able to think for herself. But what I found is these kids literally believe in social, in Marxism, communism, socialism, 
as though it is like, how dare you not believe in it, right? And they look at older folks, they look at my generation as we are a bunch of idiots, like stupidas, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the complete and utter disrespect that they have, the way they feel entitled to talk to their elders is absolutely, I think, atrocious. And it just makes me wonder, like, what in the world did we do, right? It's like almost like creating monsters. But I honestly do not believe that they will take care of us uh, when we're older. Like the older, I mean, when you look at how Marxism and communist regimes work, right? Uh, You know, if you are no longer... um, working for society if you're if if you're now a burden if you're no longer part of society a functioning working part of uh of society right you're more like a parasite and they're like oh okay you have to go and it's you know you look at or where i have you know books different things that you know i've read historically you know they they almost make it seem like it's like your obligation like us as the older generation again I'm only 47 so I don't count in this you know but once you get up there you're retired and um, it used to be that you are highly valued once you get into the 70s and 80s and 90s right I mean we value that because of the wisdom and the strength and everything that you've contributed and done beforehand that's how it should be how we should look at our elders versus what it seems like now that is coming up. And when you see what the socialist Marxist communist regimes, right? Um, it's like, Oh, well, if you really were selfless, if you really weren't being selfish, you know, grandma Aisha, then, you know, you would want to die. You know, you'd want to do the euthanasia because you're really not helping society anymore. Right. You, they don't want our wisdom. And that's kind of what, I see, um, even within my age group. And I don't mean, you know, again, you're 19, 20, 12, you think, you know, everything, right? I mean, we always joke about those type of things. I'm not talking in that context where it's always been that way. I'm talking in the, in, in a more extreme context that they literally have been able to create a generation, um, that is, in their own little bubble, right? And I blame it on maybe my generation. And I, I mean, I would say generations, you know, even before me, but I know there are a lot of times when, well, when I was growing up, you know, I wasn't a conservative, right, uh, at the time. But when I thought about, oh, hey, what do I want to be? It was like, oh, being a teacher, I always thought, oh, that would be really great. But then like, yeah, they don't pay enough. No way I want to go ahead and be a teacher. And it seemed like a lot of work to me. I'm like, yeah, if I could just go in, teach and be done, but it's not. You have to bring home papers, grade them, do all of these other things. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get paid enough for that. So no, thank you. Um, I see even today, but in the last 20 years as well, right, a lot of people whether it's within the education system, whether it's 
uh, journalism, those type of things, the things that really run and rule our nation or any nation that affect the minds of the upcoming generations, you know, we bailed on it and we said, yeah, I don't want to go and be part of that either a money wise, but also because, wow, there's so many people that are leftist, you know, just too much. I don't want to battle that way every day, just within my profession uh, where I have to battle. And so we left it to the nuts to run the asylum. And now what we're, and we're seeing the fruits of that. You can't, you know, I would highly, my solution now is, right, not only do we have to now get in there, uh, Frederick Douglass, right, it's easier to um, build strong men than to repair broken men. That's not the quote, but it's somewhere within that. Sorry, I just can't remember it off the top of my head right now. I don't know why it's an easy quote. It should. Um, but that's so true, right? Now we have to go in and we have to do 10 times as much work to go try and battle all of these ideas, brainwashing, uh, things that, that, that we've allowed to seep in to this generation when we could have just built nice, strong, functioning, logical uh, young adults to begin with. But instead, what did we do? We allowed the enemy to have the minds of our children and now we're going to reap what we sow. And so I just, I don't know, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very concerned with what is going to happen with this new generation. Very concerned uh, that is coming up and how the policies that they're going to make, if we don't get a hold of them and help turn this around very quickly, I am telling you, we will genocide all over. You know, I mean, not that we're not seeing genocide of our old people now, but the whole uh, coronavirus, I, I really do think that's part of the uh, plan is to kill off a bunch of the old people, help fix de- budget deficits, blah, 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 you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I'm going to talk about that here in a second, okay?
Though I am a firm believer that the Democrats are all about stealing any election that they can. Firm believer always have been, still am, and I think this year even more so. And I think they've been setting it up um, the best that they can uh, because of the whole corona COVID thing as well. Now, let me tell you, I am not in any way, you know, I'm not one of these people that think that, um, you know, Corona is something to be, you know, poo-pooed upon, right? It was like, yeah, it's, it's highly contagious. Um, I understand all of the precautions that, especially in the beginning before we had a good handle, not that we have a great handle on the virus, but you know, there's a lot of people, seven months, we know a lot into it all for the whole, you know, two weeks and, you know, don't let the system be overwhelmed. Right. But once it came to that one point, they, they realized, right. I mean, they told us, Hey, this thing is probably going to be around, um, in a capacity in which it's going to seriously affect our country until spring of 2021. So they told us that right from the beginning. Um, and again, they're like, Hey, to what extent that's going to be, you know, they're going to try and mitigate that, but that's basically the case. So always an expectation, right? And obviously if it could be less than that, then awesome. We'd be great. Right. So there's people who want to wear masks. Great. Wear masks, uh, all for it. Um, I'm an essential worker, quote unquote. I hate that term. Right. But I've been working since the beginning, uh, of this, I think we had a few days off and then it, we were considered essential. So I continued on, uh, with my work and then as well being a chaplain and stuff, you know, I mean, people don't stop being in need, but actually more so, um, especially because of the isolation that is happening. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, we are meant to be, uh, I don't want to say herd animals, right. But, you know, um, when you think about God, the way that he talks about us, that he's our shepherd, right? And talking about sheep and all of these things, we are meant to be in community with one another. And there's people like myself who are more introverted. I don't need people, right? Uh, Maybe that had a lot to do with environment because I grew up pretty rough and I came to just completely distrust human beings. But God has really worked into me a love of human beings and, uh, you know, oftentimes I have to look at it from his perspective and say, man, if God has to be way more grieved uh, than I do, he sees all of the evil, all of the terrible things, especially that happens to our children. And right. It's like the brutalization of slavery that happens today and human sex trafficking and all of these things. I mean, brutal. So, uh, you know, the glimpse that I have is so small anyway. Uh, but, but that really did help me. And I think that if anybody out there struggles with the humanity of people, it's always good to look at people and say, you know what, there's always somebody who has it worse than I do. And, you know, I think that's part of why I love helping other people. I mean, it's, you know, again, I'm a self analyzer. So I often like, man, I always feel such compulsion to be able to, you know, not only be better for myself, but to help other people to, um, be better, you know? Um, and I think part of that is because the realization that if, if my life was so hard, um, and it was all for not, 
then that is just terrible. I mean, there has to be a, a purpose, right? I was like, I can take those things that were unfair and many people, you know, the injustices and all of these things that happen in our lives and we can take those things and we can turn them for good and we can turn them to help other people. So it's always good to like volunteer and put yourself out there so that you can recognize that there's always somebody that has it worse than you. Anyway, went on a little tangent because that's what I do. So back to the point, right? The point being that this virus, right? I mean, it's highly contagious. Uh, the symptoms are all over the place. You can have no symptoms or you can die. And there's everything in between. Not knowing what it was, how it came from, whether it's not, it's man-made or not, right? It's like, hey, was it made in the um, laboratory or not? You know, it's, uh, we can't say for sure that it is, can't say for sure that it's not, but we do know that it's a mutation. Oh, the way, I mean, I don't know if anybody's been looking at the studies of this virus or anything like that, but I mean, I think they're fascinating what they're finding out about the virus and the way that it mutates, um, right? And I think there was one article that I read um, in one of the journals that said that um, if it was man-made and like one of the reasons is because it looks like it has a same DNA strand uh, RNA, you know, whatever that strand is that um, is similar to AIDS. Like maybe they spliced it with that, which is um, why they may be seeing these mutations and different things like that. Anyway, there's so many fascinating things about this virus, right? So with that said, right, I, I think that being able to have the precautions, looking at what it is that's happening. And at the same time, right, we don't know what the death rate is. Not truly. We don't know because you have all of these false positive with testing. We don't have a lot, even though we're doing more testing than any other country. So when they're like, oh, look at all the cases that we have, you have to be realistic and say, yeah, that's because we are actually trying to look at this virus. Um, I think that the administration is doing a great job. They're not trying to hide from it. They're trying to hit it head on and say, okay, let's collect as much data as we can so that we can really get a good handle on this. Other countries are just, you know, kind of sweeping it under the rug and saying, hey, whatever comes, comes. Um, and not all other countries, but several of, you know, several of these that you'll see, it was like, oh, we don't have any more cases left. Yes, you do, right? They're just not testing. And that's okay, right? I mean, that's what makes America great is that we're doing these things. So again, want to wear a mask, wear one. Don't want to wear a mask, don't wear one. I think, you know, that's part of um, freedom and liberty is you have the freedom to be offended and to offend other people. Um, And and within that, we have to mitigate our own risks, right? Um, Do masks work to some extent? Sure. I'm sure that they do, right? It's like, Again, whether you want to take that, some people want the extra one, three percent that one of these masks may give them. And that's okay, right? I don't begrudge them for that. Is it right for me to then push off my personal feelings about masking, non-masking, whatever it is on somebody else? No, right? I mean, that is selfish as well. You know, I don't think people look at 
not only like the disabilities that people have mentally and physically about wearing the mask. Uh, you have plenty of people at this point who are at least immune for a few, four to months or so. You know, they're not sure how that's going to cycle through. So you don't know who's out there who had it and now they're immune and like, hey, I can walk around. I know for the next three, four months. You don't know that. Uh, rape victims who, uh, you know, have or, or claustrophobia, all of these different issues that people have. And it's very highly, it is selfish for us to assume that we know what someone else is going through and to try and push off on other people what we think is right, right? Um, As well, looking at it from the fear, like all of a sudden fear is a virtue, right? It used to be that, oh, hey, going out there, letting people live and let live, live free and die, all of these things, right? That was the the virtuous thing. And within that, that because I can self-govern, I can look at and say, you know what, hey, I'm not going to go over to my friend's house who has cancer because I don't want to risk getting them sick. Or, hey, I'm going to make sure that I'm masking uh, because, you know, I'm going, you know, hey, I have to go over and drop something off and this person is sick or, you know, or whatever it is, right? We can, we are logical beings. And if we use that, I can't assume that I am smarter than the next person. And that's what's happening today. And so that's a, that's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, within that, right back to the election, Democrat. I think, you know, when I look at it, I'm like, what is all of this hysteria, right? What is all of this stuff that they're doing? It is to set up, and they've been doing it, this fear and hysteria, so that they can set up the election for stealing votes. We know that Democrats, or actually both parties, right? We know that the establishment. The powers that be, regardless of which side they are on, steal votes, okay? Um, I I can tell you stories uh, personally that I've been involved in, and I will tell you, they will, election fraud is real and it is alive. As well, we see story after story after story about various election fraud, especially as it pertains to um, the mail-in, mass mail-in. I'm not talking about, again... We're not talking about absentee voting or going in and voting, early voting. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the mass mail-in voting where they're mailing out ballots to people, whether they ask for them or not, and having people fill them out and send them, right? You have no idea who it is that are filling them out, if it's the right person, if they're not right. I mean, like, that is voter fraud. And they're setting it up so that people are... Like, oh, no. And and we should care about this. This should not be a Republican or Democrat issue. When, you know, you see all these things about vote, every person's vote should count. That's right. Every person's vote should count for who they want to vote for. And if they don't want to vote at all or they're incapable of voting or whatever that is. So within that paradigm, when I'm looking at it and I'm like, so they're setting us up to have voter fraud on a on a larger scale than it normally is, right? And sometimes you'll hear the people will be like, oh, there's not that much voter fraud. Oh, 1% uh, vote, you know, or, oh, hey, there was only 30,000 votes. And, oh, so now that's okay, right? It's like if, if, a, if a state only has 30,000 uh, fraudulent votes and that's okay. No, I don't think so, right? I mean, we should be honest. And, and we shouldn't be looking at this from anything but an American issue. We are not a third world country. We're not some tin cup dictatorship. And by us allowing this because, oh, maybe I want my guy to win and now it's okay. 
is absolutely abhorrent. Okay? In this case, absolutely, the Democrats are setting up to commit mass voter fraud. Now, now don't get me wrong. I, I don't actually think that it's going to matter. I think that uh, the votes for Trump are going to overwhelm the system so much that he's still going to win. Um, again, uh, if I'm right or wrong, we'll have to see. But I do think that there are more people, silent Trump voters, um, that are going to vote, that it's not going to matter, that he is going to make up that difference. And I actually think that he may win that popular vote this time. You know, so again, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I bet you New York is a lot closer than it's uh, ever been as well. And I fear for New York. I fear for Republicans in New York in general. Like, I don't think that any Republican is going to win or, I mean, I don't know how, maybe in some of these counties, right, where it's a 70-30 split, uh, 70% Republican, 30% Democrat, though I don't think they can make up that much. Um, so I think those will remain red. But all of these other people where there's close races, I just don't think that the Republican will get enough votes in order to overwhelm the system enough to overcome the amount of voter fraud that is going to happen being perpetrated by the Democrats this time around. And I think that it is something that should be talked about. Um, But I don't think that it should be, you know, even though it's like partisan in the fact that it's more Democrats doing it, I think they're using the coronavirus as cover. And I think they're doing a really good job of it with, so if we take all, right, if we take all of the things that they've been doing and setting up and saying, oh, right, we, we see these mail-in votes, we, uh, you know, have heard so many stories already of buckets of, of uh, ballots that are found, you know, all of a sudden in a corner, but no, nothing has been, there's been no votes yet, and yet they're already finding, this is before the early voting started, right, they're already finding buckets of um, ballots, that were there and so where did they come from right so you know that there's going to be voter fraud why are we ignoring it right democrats why are you ignoring it right it is not okay you should be go if it was my party i'll tell you what i'd be going up and i'd be saying i don't think so right and um as i mentioned a little bit before there are um things that i've been involved in knowing that there was voter fraud on the Republican side, and I did everything in my power to make sure I got rid of the people that I knew that were part of that. And you know what? They're gone. Because I'm not going to just sit there and be silent because, oh, hey, you know what? It's my party. I don't care. That makes me look bad, right? Don't let them get away with it. You should be going out there and you should be saying, no, let it be fair. Regardless of if I, if it turns out the way that I want it to or not. Okay. Anyway, give me just a minute and um, you know what we'll do? We'll come right back. And you're listening to Aisha on Clubbing Seals. Thanks so much for listening. Please uh, like us and don't forget to uh, subscribe. And if you can, donate dollar a month. Help support the cause. Help support the message. Help me get the message out on a more practical level Uh, you know not only is it just talking about the issues but I'm out there uh, doing what needs to be done as best that I can so thanks for listening
sidelight goes cold, the curtains come down, the chairs are all stacked and there's no one around, and nobody's playing, we'll still be playing, I don't want to be a one-man band, I don't want to be a rolling stone alone, putting miles on a run-down band, baby we can take our own show on the road, I'll lay down the all right, we are back. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble on uh, today about my thoughts as it pertains to the election and a little bit about coronavirus. And, uh, you know, this is Aisha with Clubbing Seals, and I'm really glad that you've joined me. So let me get back to the... Uh, position at hand, right, when we are talking about our uh, election system. Um, As I was saying, I think that the political parties do such a great job at turning some, you know, turning everything into a partisan issue versus just sometimes things are just right and wrong, right? Like the life issue. That is not a political issue. It is not a partisan issue. And the fact that they were able to turn it over, like, oh, Democrats are uh, pro-abortion, Republicans are pro-life, right? It shouldn't be that way. It should just be like, can we just look at this from a scientific, um, honest uh, point of view, right? And I believe the, the case of election fraud should be the same thing. And again, although I believe that both parties engage in it in some manner or another, absolutely, there is without a doubt as far as proof goes that the left engages in it at a much higher rate. They have almost perfected it. Uh, We can go all the way back to, um, remember Anita Moncrief, right? And they they came when she came and, you know, talked about how uh, they were stealing and how ballots. And again, if you're from the city, I mean, you know, I mean, they get bus full of people that are uh, homeless and stuff, they'll give them some coffee and donuts. And I mean, we, we've seen, I've seen it my whole life, right? So you can't say that it doesn't happen. Um, and we know that it does. So why are we allowing it? That, that's my whole point, right? And this year, because the election seems to be so polarized, which I don't think it's as polarized as, as um, some would think. I think you have a small group of people who are just so so out of their mind that they are trying to blackmail the country into um, voting or not voting for Donald Trump, right? They're like, we will continue to burn things down if you um, vote for Donald Trump or if Biden doesn't win, right? And they're like, we're going to hold the election hostage, basically, and we're going to wait to see how many fraudulent votes that we can get in, even if it takes us two, three weeks afterwards uh, to get those uh, mail-in votes in. So that we can see how many that, you know, how many do we need to overwhelm the system so that uh, Trump doesn't win. Now, on the flip side, right? I mean, I have no problem with if, I mean, I shouldn't say no problem if Trump loses, right? I just don't want Biden, anybody but Biden and Harris, pretty much. I would even oddly, strangely take the libertarians at this point, right? Um, I would take anybody at this point over Biden and Harris. I think that if they win, our, we will not recognize our country. And we can honestly say that God um, not only um, 
you know, is, is, is punishing our wickedness, uh, but he will not tarry much longer if that's the case, you know, if they were to win. So I'm not saying that I want them to win, but if they won and they win fair and square, then it is what it is. That's what America is about, the peaceful transition of power. But why should we act like that may not be the case, right? That we see what is happening. And I'm just asking you guys, right, to just look at it from take yourselves out of your own position, out of your own shoes, no matter what side you're on, and look at it honestly. Be intellectually honest. And if you can do that, I think that we can then go back and hold our elected officials accountable. I'm going to end there. I kind of went longer than I wanted on that little rant. Um, And I'm sure you guys want to go. So I will stop there. I hope that you understand where I'm trying to come from. Again, I would love to talk to you more about it. Uh, You can either engage on Facebook, find me, or feel free to email me. And I hope that you will take uh, take the time to check out the Frederick Douglass Foundation uh, national. No matter where it is that you live, you can look them up nationally and the Douglas Leadership Institute as well. That's uh, nonpartisan uh, side. Those who are just more in the Christian realm of things, Douglas Leadership Institute is going to be more for you. That's DLI and then Institute. So DLinstitute.org. Political side of things, right? Frederick Douglass Foundation, FDF national.org or if you're in New York with me sign up join us at fdfny.org again that's just uh, some of the ways right that's how I uh, put out some take the thoughts and efforts that I have and put feet to them is using or being part of this group because it allows me to give practical application right to what it is that I'm sharing with you versus just pontificating right versus just saying oh here's my ideas here's my thoughts these are the groups that I found that really um, do something so sign up become a member and as well as always please consider supporting my podcast it's another way right Uh, I'm a chaplain I, I travel all over the place, uh, being able to work with uh, various people, clients, people, right? I don't like the word clients, but people who may just need help. And whether it's they need food, whether it's they need closing, whether they just need counseling, whatever it is, um, that's what I do. Uh, that, and so when you sign up and you support the podcast, you're supporting that as well. Also within my chaplaincy that helps uh, I work with first responders and um, helping them uh, cope with various needs um, that they have uh, and that they're going through as well so thank you so much for listening um, to Clubbing Seals I appreciate you and I look forward to you sharing listening commenting and donating right dollar a month would be awesome see you next time See you on the flip side. Play away. I can't get it out of my mind. Wow. I think about the girl all the time. Wow. East side to the west side. Push a fat rise. It's no surprise. Oh. She got tricks in the stash. Stacking up the